free beer? Let me tell you how at the end of this spot. From Alter Genius Brewing Company, it has everything for a true craft brewery experience. Try their brilliantly crafted brews, creative house cocktails, cider from a few bad apples, and a full kitchen with a spectacular array of tasty dishes at their brewery in Ambridge. Or try their new trailside tap room on the Montour Trail in Imperial that's sure to have something for everyone with 20-plus different craft beers, ciders, and cocktails. Treat yourself to a brilliantly crafted brew at Alter Genius Brewing Company and tell them Tim Ben sent you for a small pour on the house. Barber school? Do you hate your job? Looking for a change? The Barber School of Pittsburgh may have your cure. Locations on Banksville Road and Monroeville. Day and night classes available and rolling now at bsp.edu. Get your degree in as little as nine months. Financial aid available. Now accepting veterans benefits. Barber School. Yes, Google Barber School of Pittsburgh. bsp.edu. bsp.edu. Again, bsp.edu. Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. It's a Madden Monday podcast. Tim Benz and Mark Madden back with you after a week off. Listen to Mark Monday through Friday on his radio program on 105.9 The X. Three until six. Read them four times a week at Trib Live. And remember that next week's Madden Monday podcast will be found at the Fans First Network. That's where all of our Breakfast with Ben's podcasts will be housed starting tomorrow. That's right. On Tuesday, we move all of the podcasts to the Fans First Network, where you can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, however you get your podcasts. You can still listen to them as we link them at Trib Live, but to get them on a regular basis, you're going to have to subscribe there. We look forward to you joining us as we move to our bigger platform. And Mark, I've been away for a week, and little has changed as it relates to the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're still losing a lot, and they're still relying on new call-ups to keep people interested. Well, Tim, I, th- I thought after that lengthy intro, would be out of time, and, and might I say... I don't mind working for fans first, but I never put the fans first. It's all about the super geniuses, I think we know by now. But, yeah, the Pirates stink. Uh, they caught up a bunch of guys they maybe should have caught up a while back. But then again, I'm not sure how much good it would have done. You have the charade of Ben Sherrington saying earlier today, Sunday, that he thought the catching situation was great. 
And then he calls up Bendy Rodriguez. Uh, Henry Davis, uh, you know, hasn't caught. It's just they sense they strike me as an organization that just doesn't know what it's doing right now. And with the call-ups, some of the other decisions made, I think they're just throwing crap at the wall and hoping something sticks. But uh, nothing seems too likely to stick, and even less so when you're shambolic, when you're just as disheveled as their organization is. Also coming up with Rodriguez is Leover Peguero. He, like Davis, made a very brief stop in AAA. Uh, one thing's for sure, they're running out of the siren song of, well, just bring up the young guys. All the young guys are going to come up, and the future is going to be now, so these guys better be good, uh, along with schemes, of course, in this new draft class. Uh, there's not much else that Pirates fans can hang their hat on if this well runs dry quickly. Well, and as usual, the Pirates are framing, you know, these call-ups as occasions, like Quinn Priester's making his MLB debut with the start Monday night. But uh, I, I, I don't know. The only thing exceptional, I think, that's happened with the Pirates, whether developmental, whether call-up, whether whatever, is that they drafted Skeens. I think he's the only thing that's nailed on exceptional that they have going for him, whether it's, you know, present or future. I mean, Henry Davis, he's not done much since he came up. In fact, he's been disappointing. Uh, Gonzalez has been okay, I guess. But all of this stuff, like I said, they're throwing stuff at the wall and not a lot sticking, is it? No, it's not. Um, in fact, Henry... And, and, and don't forget, Tim, the last round of guys that had promise, you look at Rodolfo Castro. He sucks. He's back in the minors. I mean, it, it doesn't give you a lot of optimism that the new wave of such prospects are going to come good, does it? Yeah, Contreras, too. I mean, the last wave was all about pitching, and, you know, it's taken this long for Keller to at least be decent, and because of the Pirates' track record, there's already people wondering if he's going to be traded by the deadline. And Well, they're not going to trade Keller. I would hope not. You know, I don't think they're going to trade Bednar either. I, I think that when you've not promised, but you've implied that next year's the turnaround year, that you, you can't trade your closer. And you certainly can't trade your number one starter. And if you trade either, Tim, there you go again, kicking the can down the road to a future that never arrives. Henry Davis, the number one pick that was called up recently earlier this season, um, he's been playing right field. He's a catcher by trade, of course, and he had a rough series in right field. Uh, I thought maybe that would be the signal to start getting him some appearances behind home play but now with Rodriguez coming up I, I don't know about that unless they think now Mark that they're 11 games under 500 all of a sudden it's time to forget about the current catching combination and just get these two catching behind the dish well I would guess that they see the future as Davis in right field and Rodriguez catching and if that's how they feel they should go with it now and stick with it and just forget about hedges and delay uh those guys Shelty's like one of those First off, I, I can't believe even more now that they extended his contract after two consecutive 100-loss seasons and then the, the the season before that, the COVID season, where had they played it out, they would have lost 111 games had they played the full 162. And they extended him this year based on a good month. I mean, that is typically flawed Pirates' decision-making. So uh, I, I just don't trust anything they do is my point. I, I don't know why they do it. I, I know winning's not first with them. 
you know, uh, I mentioned the just ridiculously stupid things Sherrington said today. Sheldy's a bummy manager. I mean, there's nothing there to hang your hat on in terms of faith except for schemes. Based on what you heard, based on your sense coming out of the draft, when do you think he'll really make his Major League debut? How far? How long will they incubate him? When, when do I think he will, or when would I have him pitch? Both. I'd have him pitch the second home game of next season. That way you sell out the opener with Keller, and the second home game is never a good sell, but you could do it with Skeens making his Pirate debut. I think the earliest he comes up is June next year to beat the uh, Super 2 thing, and it wouldn't shock me if he didn't pitch in the majors till uh, 2025. Yeah, that's too long. 20, you're, you might be right, but 2025 is too long. Uh, I'm with you. He should make the team out of camp. Yeah, June of 24 is too long. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you have two years of Keller and Skeens in the same rotation. Why would you delay that? Why would you, you know, push back basically the starting point to contend, at least, you know, in theory? See, I have trouble saying that out loud. I mean, I think with Skeens and Keller both in the rotation, that's as close as they're going to get to contending ever. See, I think this team's no good. I think they have fecal matter in their DNA now. I think they're just crap. Okay, I think it's a crap organization with a crap owner with a flawed premise. And I have no faith that they'll ever be good again. Mark Madden with us. It is a Madden Monday here at Trib Live. Speaking of baseball, Mark, I noticed you wrote a column about Shohei Otani with the Angels and uh, basically suggesting, and this is a big picture Major League Baseball thing, but basically suggesting they've got no, no other choice but to trade him. Yeah, but it sucks. I mean, I'm glad it wasn't like that when I was a kid. Because Clemente would have his statue outside another ballpark, not in Pittsburgh. Uh, and, and I mentioned, I hate the franchise tag in football. But I almost wish they had one in baseball so we don't have to witness something as totally absurd as the Angels trading maybe the best player ever in midseason when he's having a great season. Especially coming off the All-Star game, it kind of rubbed it in their face, didn't it? Fans of that franchise, anyway where he's there in front of Mariners fans and they're chanting, come to Seattle. Um, it could have been anywhere, and I think fans, well, except for Pittsburgh, because no one think it would be possible here. But most places, I think people would have been chanting that when it came to Otani. Yeah, and it, it like, I hate the franchise tag in football because it keeps free agency from being free. Mm -hmm. But by the same token, those guys who get franchised get a ton of money, Tim. And it generally leads to negotiation of a long-term deal for a ton of money. And teams get to maintain their identity in football. Like, the quarterbacks rarely switch teams. Like, Kansas City's the Mahomes team. Uh, Buffalo is the Josh Allen team, you know? And you don't have that in baseball. Baseball's just a constant revolving door, league-wide. Nobody ever keeps anybody, even the good teams. Which was part of the thinking... I'm sure, as it related to Dylan Cruz, especially given who he's represented by, as to why the Pirates did what they did, at least if you're going to get a short burst from a pitcher, have him have it here, theoretically, whenever they bring him up. But like you and I said, they might even shave a year off their own progress in that regard by keeping him down on the farm too long. Tim, do you think the Pirates are going to make the playoffs in the next decade? Unlikely. I mean, they could stumble their way into a seventh seed for crying out loud with the way that, you know, the wild card system works, but I thought it was only six. I'm sorry. Six seed. Yeah. It's but not the NFL, Tim, not yet. <laughs> it's getting there. It might take it to be seven for the pirates, but it won't be anything more than that. Yeah. I mean, that's my point. I mean, I sometimes think we discuss this far too much when it's hopeless. 
Do you have any hope that the Carlson trade is going to get done for the Penguins? Here's what I think is going on, and I've kind of been told. Everybody has their best offer, and it's just waiting to see if San Jose cracks and takes one. I've also been told Carlson is vehemently against going to Carolina. He hates Brent Burns and thinks their style sucks, and their style does suck. What does he think about Pittsburgh? Any inclination there? What he's thinking in terms of coming here? Tim, I know that the Penguins play exactly like Carlson does. And I mean that in the most flawed possible way. (laughs) No, I think the same thing insofar as I agree with the people who suggest that Carlson might just be more of the same with the Penguins problems, but he might also be more of the good with what the Penguins can still do. And they can do it better if Carlson is here. I also think it might make Latang a better player if he's not playing so much. Yeah, and it gets one of those two, Carlson Latang, always behind Malkin or Crosby. I mean, it, it is a perfect fit if you just ignore the fact that they'll be even worse defensively and they weren't that great defensively to begin with. Do you fear that there will be the same sort of dynamic with him and Latang that existed with him and Burns, or is that just a personality thing between now, him and Brent Burns? Now, Brent Burns is a jerk. I've heard that from too many people. I've heard that from too many people that played with him. And from what I understand, there's no such ill will between Carlson and any of the Penguins, despite all of their many playoff rivalries over the years. Uh, uh, Well, I've heard that Carlson's already kind of friends with Latang and Crosby. And when I say Brent Burns is a jerk team, just to clarify, he's like a good guy to pal around with, like, you know, the locker room, ha 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 type of guy. But he's not a great leader. And he's from self first and second. Is there any similar complaints that we can make about Carlson in that regard? I think he's just a goof. <laughs> I think he just kind of plays how he plays. And and here, here like, here's something about Carlson. I was talking to somebody, and, and they said, well, Carlson should want to go to Carolina because uh, they have a better chance to win. That was on my show. Somebody called in, right? Mm-hmm. And I said, Eric Carlson would much rather play his way with a lesser team than play a different way and have a better chance to win. Well, I have no doubt about that. He'll fit right in here, Mark, because that's been symptomatic of the whole organization the last couple of years. Well, certainly number 71. And I, and I think the coach, too. Yeah, well, yeah. But, I mean, like like Sid, put it this way. Sid's never going to change the way he plays, but it fits perfectly at any team. He, he colors inside the numbers. How about what Jari said, Mark, speaking to the media after his contract extension? He said, this upcoming year, it's going to change, meaning the playoffs. Do you believe him? Uh, what's going to change? Are going to make it? Yeah, I guess. I think that's what he was suggesting, yeah. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna be available? He's going to win a playoff series? Yeah, he said he's 100% healthy. Well, he better be because, you know, that excuse doesn't wash anymore. A, and if he's telling them that he's healthy enough that he deserves a five-year extension, well, then we can't rely on injuries being an excuse why he's not good enough anymore. For me to trust him, he is going to have to earn it. He's not come close to doing that yet. you surprised at all that they uh, extended Ty Smith? It was only one year for crap money, so no. You think he's still got a future here, or do you think uh, they've, by based on what they've done with other defensemen and some other moves that they made, and maybe even sniffing around Carlson, does that suggest they don't think? Of I him think as- Ty Smith's fate lies in the hands of the Carlson trade. Okay. I think if POJ goes, 
he would have a chance to make the team. Maybe Will Butcher would make it instead. But, I mean, I think right now the the left side of defense is uh, Graves, Pedersen, and, uh, and POJ. I'm not so sure I wouldn't pick Ty Smith over POJ because I've been nothing but disappointed with POJ. And I look at him, Tim. He's 24 years old. He's a former first-round pick. He's not made impact, and he's still built like a pipe cleaner. He should go the Barry Bonds route. If you get caught, you get caught, but at least you tried. Mark Madden with us. DeAndre Hopkins to Tennessee, Mark. The Steelers will still face him this year, but at least not twice, as would have been the case in the division with Cleveland and Baltimore. And Evan Ingram got a big deal, too. I wonder what that means for Pat Fryermuth since he's due an extension next year. I think everybody overrates Pat Fryermuth. Okay. Okay, I think everybody overrates all the Steelers' offensive weapons. Uh, I've been talking about that a lot. The Steelers have decent depth of weaponry. Does that make sense? But they don't have one good weapon. It could be Pickens, but they won't let him. And I think the safest bet with the Steelers' offense this year, Tim, is that he throws a tantrum about not getting the ball enough and deep enough. And I do think the Steelers lucked out by not having Hopkins in the division. I I think his impact is much more minimal given the quarterback situation. No no question. No question. Yeah, why did he go there to get balls from Ryan Tannehill? I don't know. Maybe they had more money to spend now than Baltimore or Cleveland did. I don't know. And that goes to show you, Tim, whenever you hear a player talk about looking for a good fit, he's looking for a good fit for his bank account. And it will make them a better team. I mean, they're not a terrible team, Tim. I just I just don't figure that Ryan Tannehill helps DeAndre Hopkins wrap up big numbers. Yeah, and I think in terms of threatening the Steelers, it's less about them being the last wild card like the Steelers might be, and it's more about maybe threatening Jacksonville in the South, but I still think Jacksonville's the best team in that division. I want to get back to Fryman for a second. I think if every tight end we get, like the bear, shall we say, a facial resemblance to Heath Miller, mm-hmm. we're just going to yell Heath and think he's great. Maybe he's not. The injury thing worries me too with the recent concussion problems so early in his career. Let me tell you what I think about in that vein, Tim. When I think concussion, I think Bosa... Meet Pickett. Here's something else, Tim. I, I hear this, too. Let's see if you heard this, because you're more dialed into the Steelers than me. I have heard that, that their plan is to start uh, Dan Moore Jr. at left tackle and to not have Joey Porter Jr. be a starter except in sub packages. I think that's a big mistake on the corner side, maybe even more so than on the tackle side, especially Have you heard, heard that, though? Uh, I've heard that about Dan Moore. I haven't heard that about Porter. I think they're looking for an excuse to not start a rookie there. I just don't think the excuse is obvious yet. You see, but that's why they're out of their minds and why they suck as a franchise and why Tomlin stinks as a coach, okay? They never take risk even if reward is there. Doing what's less risky is the path to 9-8. and And everybody who wants to blame Matt Canada, Mike Tomlin hired and Mike Tomlin won't fire him. The game plan has to go through Mike Tomlin, right or wrong. No, it's right. He approves everything. Did you see the tweet that Deontay Johnson sent out? No, but I've got a feeling I'm going to like it. So, um, I I don't know who the reporter was, but some reporter tweeted out a clip from that quarterback series, the Peyton Manning quarterback series, and it was Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey kind of talking about having free reign to design their own plays and take them to Andy Reid and tell them if they're going to work and uh, that was the nature of the video clip. And then Deontay Johnson subtweeted that with the fire emojis, as if to say that's how it should be here, you know? Yeah, well, you know what? 
I'm not sure he's the guy to say that. Yeah, unless he's talking about designing plays specifically for him in the red zone so he can maybe get a touchdown this year. Tim, correct me if I'm wrong. I, the Steelers only scored two touchdowns from outside the red zone last year, right? That's correct, yeah. That's not football in 2023. And that is a re- direct reflection on how out of touch and out of date they are. Mark, one soccer thing I wanted to run by you. D.C. United's Wayne Rooney said Lionel Messi, quote, won't find it easy in MLS when he joins Miami. Is he right? Yeah, because they stink. Miami stinks. Yeah, they stink. I mean, they're bringing in, I think, Alba and Busquets uh, to play with Messi, two former Barca guys. Mm-hmm. But that's a real bad team. And uh, and when you play against lesser players, but also with lesser players, your game sometimes involuntarily deteriorates. And I just don't think that Messi is going to make the impact on soccer in the U.S. that people hope for. Because David Beckham came here back when, right? Yes. Messi's a superior player, but they both came at similar stages of their career, and Beckham was a much bigger star than Messi. And people argue with that. It's true. Beckham was a star beyond football. Am I right? Sure, yeah. I mean, basically a male model. Yeah. Dated a Spice Girl. Like, it reminds me of Pele. Pele came with the New York Cosmos. I I know they're searching for a stadium with more seats because right now they have a temporary stadium in Fort Lauderdale, I think. Mm-hmm. I remember when Pele came and played for the Cosmos, they played in Roosevelt Stadium in New Jersey, and they, the, the turf was so bad they would use green paint on the dirt. Like in Cleveland for the football games. Yeah, and, and, and after his first game there, Pele came in the shower and he goes, I have some kind of disease, I am dying, and it was the green paint on him. <laughs> uh, Tim, totally true story. And, uh, and so I, I just and, – and, and the North American Soccer League went out of business – and I think, I mean, MLS isn't going to go out of business, but it won't rise to new heights because of Messi. It just won't. Now, actually, MLS has done great. I mean, there are some cities like Portland, Seattle, where it's just totally entrenched. Some not so much. But then again, the WNBA averages the same amount of fans as the American Hockey League, despite having major arenas, major cities, and national TV. They can't do any better. But then again, they're subsidized by the men. Mark, are you going uh, to the lake again at the end of this week? I know I'm in for you towards the end of the week. Or are you going to see another concert? No, I'm going to Atlantic City. Oh, okay. What's there? Well, Chef Vola. Okay, yeah. And Cafe 2825. Uh, but uh, I'm going to see Jason Bonham's Led Zeppelin Evening. And, and they're the opening act. The headliner, I don't know if I like this or not. I'm not the biggest Pink Floyd fan. Mm-hmm. But Government Mule with Warren Haynes. Okay. They occasionally do a show, and they're doing it here specifically called Dark Side of the Mule, where they do a Pink Floyd tribute. <laughs> do they do the laser so, show and all that, too, or do they don't? I, I don't know, but I figure I can always walk if I don't like it. <laughs> Dark Side of the Mule conjures up some images. Yeah, but you know what? I hope they don't do that. That Warren Haynes, Allman brothers Jam Bandy, Last Forever song type thing. Yeah. Because I just won't stay if that's the case. I mean, Pink Floyd songs are pretty... They're pretty expansive as it is. Yeah, I was just going to say, comfortably numb could be comfortably dead if they do that. And I'd be comfortably gone. Mark Madden, make sure you check him out with me, Madden Benz Unfiltered, 9.30 a.m. on Monday. And check us out for the next Madden Monday podcast on the Fans First Network as we take our podcast platform for Breakfast with Benz on a broader scale. Again, that starts next week. And actually, it starts on Tuesday with all of our podcasts here at Trib Live. Anatomy of an ad. 
subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.